Well, this is a super, super timely message because of the wind, uh, because we're going to talk about a story where the wind uh, wasn't so great, and uh, we're in this series called Back to Normal, and what we're trying to talk about is this idea that uh, we've just gone through a pandemic, right, and it's been terrible, and you can get on the news anytime you want. You can get on YouTube. There are some YouTube things that, you know, these are the end times. We're basically going to get zapped up any second. That's fine. I'm ready, uh, whatever it is. But there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And so as we begin to get vaccinated, as we begin to kind of get herd immunity and all these things that are going on, what kind of people do we want to be moving forward? What are some of the things that we had going on prior to COVID that we wanted to get rid of? And what are some of the things that we, um, through COVID, we want to add? Some of you, some of us have spent more time with our family than we really ever wanted to, right? Uh, so so there, there's that. Some of you are like, oh, you're my spouse. Wow. Okay, now I remember, you know. And so, so there's all these tensions that we're managing, all these different things. What is work going to look like? What does traffic look like? I mean, one of the things I loved about COVID was driving. I mean, sure, people drove 120, but that was okay because I could drive 90. So it, was, it turned out fine. I mean, these are some of the things. But here's what we're going to talk about this morning because uh, the, the series is basically seven things we learned from COVID. Uh, actually, now there's eight. We added another week. Um, but uh, here's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to give it to you right off the bat. You have never been, are not now, and will never be in control. You've never been, you are not now, and never will be in control. You say, John, I think I've heard you preach on this before. I have this exact topic, this exact wording. And until I learn this, I'm going to keep preaching on it, okay? Because I keep coming back to it. There's always something that hits me where I'm like, man, I need to learn this again. And so that's what we're talking about. One of the things with COVID was all of a sudden things were imposed upon you that you weren't expecting. You didn't expect to be wearing a mask. If you had, you would have had nicer masks than the ones you had starting off, right? I mean, I was just basically cutting up old underwear. I mean, I didn't care what it was. I was just putting whatever I could on. To make it work. Because it was imposed upon you. You didn't know that, that that's what was going to be going on. You didn't know what was going to happen to your job. You didn't know what was going to be happening to your kids in school. None of that. It was all new. It was all imposed upon you. Well, let me give you a dirty little secret about life. Life is imposed upon you. You don't know what, when you get back from the doctor, what the diagnosis is going to be. You don't know how your company's going to do in the next five, ten years. You don't know how your spouse is going to respond to different things, how your bank account, what your bank account's going to look like. You never have. You are not now, and you never will be in control. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a section of Scripture um, that's very, very famous. And if you're uh, new to the Bible, you might... Um, uh, or, or, or you don't really believe the Bible, like maybe you're just trying to start. This might be a story that seems so unbelievable to you that you're like, yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons why uh, I don't really follow the Bible. But I'm going to give you some really encouraging words that will go, you're not alone. Um, but hopefully by the end of this, 
you'll be that much closer to believing what's inside of it. So here's what's happened. Jesus has fed 5,000 people basically out of a few loaves and a few fish. Like it's just a miracle. 5,000 people. And he's just got a few loaves and a few fish. So I just want to tell you a really quick story that happened to us this week. Um, every other Thursday, we pass out food. And because COVID is relaxing, one of the big places, uh, the Orange County Food uh, uh, Distribution Place, they kind of tightened everything up. They, were, they, were, they kind of let everybody come. And if you're a distribution place, you can come and get food. And so they started to tighten that up. And we didn't have any food for Thursday. And so Michelle, Pastor Michelle, went out and was prepared to go car by car to talk to them and tell them that, I'm sorry, we didn't have any food. And then we found out that we had another place with food and then another place with food and then another place with food. And this week we passed out, we had more food than we've ever had, right? On a week where we were supposed to not have any food, okay? That's the same type of thing. This is the way the kingdom of God works. You take a few loaves, a few fish, one Pastor Michelle, and then all of a sudden, there you go, you're feeding all, all, all sorts of people, and that's, that's what happens. So this is what has happened, and so um, uh, Jesus does something really weird after this. Here's what he does. Immediately, they get done feeding the 5,000, they gather up all the baskets, and immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Now, why would he do that? Well, I'm just going to give you a little bit of speculation. I can't say for sure, but this is something a king would do, is he would feed the people. And if you're looking for a Messiah, and if you're looking for someone to take over, this would be the time. You got 5,000 people. They're being fed. You're, they're waiting for a Messiah. They hate the current regime of who's in power. They hate the Romans. And Jesus is there. So he makes the disciples get in the boat. I believe he made the disciples get in the boat because the disciples were amped. They're like, this is it. The kingdom is coming. We have our Messiah. We have 5,000 people. We're ready to go. And Jesus says, hold up. It's going to be a totally different kingdom than what you expect. Get in the boat. And I could imagine if they're like me, I'd be like, Jesus, Jesus, hold on one second. Do you know there's 5,000 people here? Matthew is counting. I know he was counting because I saw him. Two, four, six, eight, ten. I've watched him. There's 5,000 people here. Matthew tells us. Mark says the same thing. This is the time now, Jesus. Get, Jesus says, get in the boat. Get in the boat. Now's not the time. Now, just, again, I appreciate our congregation because we are on the right and on the left. Before COVID hit, we... It was like time, right? I mean, we had great economy. Everything's going great. Every, everything's great. Now, granted, we were still bickering a little bit, a tiny bit uh, on either side, uh, but it was going relatively well, right? Like, like, this is cool. And Jesus is like, no, nah, man, we're not doing that. We're going to do something different. You're going to get in the boat. Jesus immediately made the disciples, commanded them, get in the boat, Go on ahead of him to the other side. Very clear instructions, right? Can't get any clearer than that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in the boat. I want you to go to the other side. Done, right? While he dismissed the crowd. This is so cool. So he decides, listen, now's not the time. So I'm going to say, hey, you know, uh, 
uh, Joe and Cindy, great to see you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was just some fish and bread. Yeah, no, no, go home. Nothing to see here. No, everybody, go home. This miracle was for something else. He dismisses the crowd. Now, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus prayed by himself. Now, I'm just going to tell you one thing about COVID and all these things. One thing, we'll get to this later. This is going to be a week later, but I'm going to give you a little hint. If at the end of COVID, at the end of all of what's happened, at the end of all the deaths, all the hospitalizations, all the uncertainty, if your prayer life isn't any better than it was a year ago, you're doing it wrong, right? I mean, if there's ever been a time to pray, if there's ever been a time to go, listen, I need to get on my knees and be with my father. That's, that's kind of why, one of the reasons why I just wanted to invite the men to like, it's just an hour. It's like not a big thing. It's just, can we get into this routine? And Jesus, think of this. The son of God, I can't wrap my head around it. God in the flesh, right? Spend some time to go to be by himself and to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He tells the disciples very, very clear instructions. Get in the boat, go to the other side. That's it. I'm not going to give you any more details. Get in the boat, go to the other side. Get in the boat, go to the other side. So if you're reading this for the first time, if you're in Matthew's church, and Matthew says, hey, I wrote something, I'd like you guys to read it, and you're reading it, by this time, you'd be like, well, what happened to the disciples? Didn't he tell them to get into the boat? So he writes this down. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind, now would be a good time, Jesus. That's pretty good. Okay. The wind was against it. The wind was against it. Now, hold on. You mean to tell me that I can do something that Jesus specifically tells me to do? Something I probably didn't want to do. I would rather just sit around with 5,000 people who think we're amazing. You know, we just fed and they, people could say, slap me on the back and great job. And man, the way you passed out that fish was awesome. I'm going to get in a boat. Do you mean that God can ask me to go through something specifically that he knows is going to be hard? Yeah. You've never been in control. You're not in control now. I, I, get, I get my first vaccine on Wednesday, right? This might be a little too much, but I get my vaccine on Wednesday. Then you get the second one like a month later, and then you get a fever or something. I don't know. Lisa didn't have anything. She's like Wonder Woman. She's just like nothing. And then uh, so uh, I get that. Well, I could get, I could get into a car accident on my way to get my vaccine. I'm like, I got my vaccine. There we go. Done. I've never been in control. I'm not in control now. I'll never be in control. And so the wind, which God created, by the way, is now against them. It says buffeting. This means to torture. It's like one, again, 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 again. You ever been in the ocean? I'm deathly afraid of water. You're like, John... Every time you give an analogy, you're afraid of it. I'm afraid of a lot of things, okay? And so um, 
like you ever been in the ocean when a wave knocks you down and you're thinking, oh, this is it. Jesus, take the wheel. Like you're ready to, or a life raft or whatever. And you get up and there's another wave right there. You ever have that happen to you? I have. It's frightening. That's what it means. You're tortured. It's buffeting. We've had nothing over this last year but buffeting. We've had protests, right? And then the protests go on, and you think, oh, it'll be a normal protest. goes on for a few days, whatever. It goes on and on, weeks and weeks and weeks, and then they stop. Then you get more protests, right? And I'm not judging the protests. I'm just saying these are the types of things. You get... Uh, uh, we've had uh, an impeachment and all the stuff that goes along with that and all the hours we've spent reading up on facts and reading up on what's going to happen and oh my goodness and this and that. And we've gone through an We went through an election. Now granted, it was an easy, calm election, but it, it could have been very contentious. If you think about it, it's an election, you know. Who knows? Been through an election. We've been through, uh, Dave, what was that thing? A pandemic. We've been through a pandemic. And all of that, with all the uncertainty that it brought, when am I going to be able to get back to work? When am I going to get to my favorite restaurant? When are they going to open? And then all the angst, like we never should have closed in the first place. We should never open. We should never shake hands again. We should, like, like all this stuff. It's crazy. Just again, attack after attack after attack. Oh, I send my kids to... We bought this house because it was in the best school district. Oh, now I'm homeschooling my children. That is not a good school district. There's, it's not a good school district anymore. It just became a bad school district, right? Just again, again, again. Maybe, maybe someone in your family lost their job. Just buffeting, buffeting, buffeting. Jesus tells him to get in the boat, to go to the other side, and it's just one thing after another. I don't know if you feel that way. Because the wind was against it. Now, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now, you and I know this story. We knew this was coming, probably. Even if you're not a Christian or you don't read the Bible, you kind of know the story, right? Um, but if you're reading this for the first time, like Matthew writes a thing, and he's like, I'd like you to proofread this. And you're reading, and you're like, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. Wait, what? Walking on the lake. Okay. Hey, Matthew, I got a question. You mean by the lake? Different preposition, okay? Prepositional phrases are important. Prepositions are very important. You mean by the lake? Through the lake? Like he was kind of like in waist deep, and he's walking through the lake, beside, no, on. Matthew says, yeah, I was there. Trust me, I wrote it down. On the lake, okay? When his disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. So again, I was telling for those of you who think this story is unbelievable, it was unbelievable to the people who were there as well. It's unbelievable to anybody that Jesus could defy all forms of nature, of buoyancy, of physics, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now, again, maybe I'm reading too much, but I would love to see a boat of 12 grown men crying out in fear. That's just me. I'm kind of sick. But that just is amazing to me because it's not supposed to happen. And if you go back to who they were and what type and where they were in history, 
They believed that bodies of water held evil spirits, that there was like a lot of spiritual stuff going on when you got to, many people couldn't swim, and so they, it just, there was just a lot going on. So it would be normal for them to think it was a ghost, even as Israelites. They cried out in fear. Here's what Jesus does. Immediately, he says to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, what's happened to the wind at this point? Not this wind, well, this wind too. Nothing. It's still against them. It's still against them. What about the waves? Nothing. It's still against them. Jesus has the same state to you that he has to the disciples because he knows you've never been in control you are not now and you never will be and he says the same thing take courage it is I do not be afraid take courage this is the word he has for you who feel out of control take courage say but John you don't understand I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a job I I know the waves are still coming The wind is still coming. It's still hitting you. It's still buffeting you. It's still tormenting you. But John, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. Uh, We had, uh, you know, this Supreme Court justice and this happened and this happened and then uh, this and all these things going on. Do you ever read the news? Well, not really. But uh, if I had, I'd feel the same way. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? Take courage. The same Jesus that walks on the water then is the same Jesus that comes alongside you now. Let me just give you a little hint. It doesn't say this in the text, but if you look at the geography of what's gone on. This is the fourth watch. Okay, so in Roman, they divided the night up into into four watches. The first was six to nine. The second was nine to twelve. The third was 12 to 3, and the fourth was 3 to 6. So this is the fourth watch. It's just about uh, dawn. They had been fighting the wind and waves all that time. And where was Jesus? He was up in the hills praying. And if you look at that geography... There is a very good chance, I cannot tell you for certain, and maybe I'm reading too much in the Bible, but the readers who read this would have asked, which hill was he on? Because there are some hills where you can see the lake. And I bet, can't say it for sure, he could see them. And he was praying. And if I know Jesus, because I know Jesus already told Peter, tells Peter, Peter, don't worry about it. Satan wants to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. You're going to be okay. I think Jesus was praying for them. And then, for some reason, this Heavenly Father is like, just go out and see him. Go ahead. You can walk on the water. And Jesus is like, sweet, let's go. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. So here's what Peter says. This is typical Peter language. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. 
if, if. Peter doesn't have the faith to go, it's you. You know, Peter, Peter doesn't say, hey, these, these 11, they were saying it wasn't you, but guess what? We got it. No, if. What if? What if? This is so much a part of life with Jesus, where he sends you into a boat. He sends you out. He has you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And the whole time he's watching, the whole time he says, it's going to be okay. Take courage. It is I. And Jesus, Peter says, what if? What if this is really Jesus? And this is the whole idea of this series. What if the next time we head into a time of uncertainty, we do it better than we did it now? I can't speak upon every church or everything or what's going on, but when I, if I ever see the news or kind of just hear from people, we're doing it wrong. We're handling this wrong. There's too much fear. There's too much outrage. There's too much anxiety. There's too much depression. When Jesus is right here, we have access to him. He says, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I never would have done that, by the way. I'm just being honest. Not me. If there's a very well-crafted boat that I can sit in, that's where I'm going to be. And Jesus gives this one command. Come. Come. It's like what you'd tell your dog. Come. Do you know sometimes the most powerful commands of Jesus are the simplest? Stop. Forgive. Wait. Go. Follow. Sometimes the commands of Jesus that are the most powerful and most direct for you are the simplest. <laughs> Jesus doesn't give Peter any details. Start with your left leg. I learned this lesson just off the shore. He doesn't say, hey, Peter, Peter, muscle up a bunch of faith first. You need to believe in yourself. You can be anything you want to be, Peter. You can do it. I have faith in you. Nothing. No details. Peter, it's really exhausting. Just want you to know I just did it for a mile. Nothing. Jesus didn't give details. He gave direction. Come. There's only one direction Peter can go. Towards Jesus. No details. Only direction. Listen, as we get back to normal, as you wonder, like, oh, man, what's school going to look like? What's, what's my job going to look like? What are my finances going to look like? Jesus may not give you any details. But he gives you the same direction he's giving Peter. Come. You say, you know, I, yeah, I can't. Of course not. Not on your own. You've never been in control. Jesus doesn't say, Peter, get control of your life, brother. Come on. Uh-uh. Jesus knows Peter's never been, is not then, and never will be in control. He actually tells Peter later on, much, much later on, hey, bro, guess what? 
You're going to get to a place where you can't even walk around with someone helping you get dressed. And you're going to go places you don't want to go. Because that's what it's like to follow Jesus. Come. Sometimes the most powerful commands of Jesus are the simplest. Stop. Wait. Follow. Forgive. Give. Serve. One words. God does not give you a command without giving you the power to complete it. He told them to get in the boat. That was the command. He didn't give them details. Oh, and by the way, when you get out like 100 yards, uh, it's going to be tough. That's going to last for three watches. But at the fourth watch, don't worry about it. I'm going to walk out there. I'll get back in the boat. The winds will die down. Oops, spoiler alert. Uh, right? Don't worry about it. It'll all be fine. And then they're just looking at their watches. Oh, man, fourth hour. Just got to go for the fourth hour. No, no details, just direction. Go to the other side. That's it. Didn't say it was going to be hard. Didn't say the whole time you'd be wishing you were back on land with the 5,000 feeding them. Wasn't that cool? Wasn't that great? They forgot about that, I guarantee you. If you're on the lake and the winds and the waves are coming, you ain't thinking like, wasn't that cool? Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? Ah, yeah, man, that was awesome. No, you're right in it. And some of us are right in it right now. No details. Just direction. Come, go, follow, wait, forgive, give, serve. And Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Wow. Doesn't say how he did it. Doesn't say like, like seriously, like think about it. Like think about what it would be like to step off of a boat that's being hit by waves. Like do you, like I don't know, like do, would you step and like the first step, it's like, oh my gosh, there's concrete under here. This is awesome. Does it like kind of part like it did with the Red Sea? That would be like God did that before. Maybe it parted and then there's Jesus and there's the thing and the waves are on the side or I don't know. No details, just direction. He came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out. Only thing we can cry out, anytime we're in a position where we don't know any of the details, we only know direction, the only thing we can cry out, the only thing we're required to cry out is, Lord, save me. It's so simple. That can't be it. It's got to be something deeper than that. It's got to be like, uh, I, uh, I got to give up. You know, Peter should have said like, hey, I got 50 bucks, man. If you could just get me out of this, I'll give you, I'll give you everything I got. I get, no, Lord, save me. It's what puts us all on equal ground. I don't care what your education is. I don't care what your bank account is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care anything about you other than have you cried out to him? Lord, save me. I can't do it on my own. Well, you can't because you've never been in control. You're not in control now, and you never will be in control. Lord, save me immediately. This is the third immediately. Immediately, he sends them. Oh, no, no, no. This is the second immediately. My bad. Uh, oh, no. This is the third. Immediately, he tells them to get in the boat. Immediately, he says, take courage, it is I. And immediately, he reaches 
Chisholm. Immediately. When you cry out to Jesus, again, did the wave stop? Nah. Wind stop? No. Is he still far away from the boat? Yeah. When you cry out to Jesus, immediately he comes to you. No matter where you're at. When you get into that posture of humility and you say, Lord, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know all the details. I don't know what it's like to follow you. I'm scared. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think I'm pretty sure there are some things I'm going to give up and I don't want to do that just yet. I'm scared. But I also know that I'm sinking, that I'm not in control. And there's a really good chance I'll never be in control. Immediately he reaches out and he catches him. One of the things I wanted to uh, share, and it's, it's kind of nice that it's windy here. Just to give you some kind of physics. When the wind is coming towards me, like it is now, and you're in the parking lot, and you say something, I can hear it. You know why? Because those sound waves carry along the wind. That's why when it's windy, it's hard to hear somebody if the wind's going at your back because it's hard for those sound waves to penetrate that wind, right? I want to riff off of something Lily said about three times. I love the voice of the Holy Spirit in the wind. Listen. The same wind that buffeted that boat carried the words of Jesus. The same wind that was pushing against that boat, that was going opposite of them, carried, come. Carried, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Carried, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why were you double-minded? That same wind, God, John, if you just knew what I was going through, if you just knew it just feels like every single day there's something else. Every time that wind, every time that wave buffets you, torments you, tortures you, it can carry the words of Jesus. It can carry the wind of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, it feels like it's against you. It can be for you. Well, we got to let go. We got, we got to let go of being in control. We have to. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. We have got to get to a place in our spirituality that it does not depend on who's in power. I'll say it again. We have got to get to a place in our spirituality where it does not depend on who's in power in power because if it does you will spend the rest of your life in fear why did you doubt when they climbed up in the boat then the wind died down <laughs> i want to i want to just share one other word might be reading too much into it so we you know peter walked on water then he couldn't and so Jesus was like, why, why did you doubt, right? And so, you know, we look at that and we think, if you're like me, I think, okay, if that was doubting, 
I shouldn't be following Jesus. I never would have gotten out of the boat. <laughs> like that wasn't that that was hard core. The dude got out of a like perfectly functioning boat. You know what boats are designed for? To keep you away from the water. That's why that's how they're designed. To keep you dry. And Peter says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out. And Jesus says, you of little faith. And it's, bo- it's always bothered me because that's cold. Because he did like something really cool. Okay. I have a word for some of you who are staying in the boat. For some of you, for me at times, what did he ask them to do? Get in the boat. And go to the other side. He didn't say jump out when you see me. He said get in the boat. And go to the other side. Sometimes. Our biggest step of faith. Is to stay. Is to remain. When you want to jump. That's why they call it jump ship. You think this thing's sinking. My marriage is sinking. I'm out. Hey, I know that God wants me in this thing. He wants me to stay. I want to talk to some pastors in a bit. Just stay in ministry. Even through COVID, there are some pastors that are like, they're they're there. They're like, I'm out. I'm out. And Jesus is saying, stay. Just stay. It takes faith to stay. Oftentimes. Yeah, it was great for Peter. He jumped out of the boat. He walked on water for a little bit, got back in. He says, oh, a little faith. But sometimes it takes a lot of faith to get in the boat in the first place and to row to the other side. They're fishermen. They could kind of look and say, man, I don't know. It doesn't look too good out there. Then Jesus gets in the boat and it dies down. As Lily comes back up, Everybody ends up on the same page in this story. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. At the end of whatever, however COVID ends, I don't know how it's going to end. Honestly, we're outside today. There's gale force winds. We'll probably be in next week. We'll probably some will be more vaccinated. I don't know. I, I'm doing the. We are all doing the best we can, right? What, what do you know, right? I've never been in control. Well, no, I actually I haven't. No, uh-uh. I'm not now, and I never will be. At the end of it all, this is the posture we're supposed to be taking. Truly, you're the son of God. Those who were in the boat worshipped. They didn't say, hey, Jesus, what's up with the wind? Like, couldn't you have done that when you sent us in the boat? Could you have gotten us a get-out-of-wind-free card that we could have just kind of waved up? Hello, no more wind. Wouldn't that be convenient? If following Jesus meant there was no wind and there's no waves, there's no difficulty, and our spouse does exactly what we want when we want. 
It doesn't work that way. It's a journey with Jesus. Sometimes it has wind. Sometimes it has waves. Sometimes it has loss. Sometimes it has grief. Sometimes it has, you're in a situation and you have these ups of being fed by Jesus, 5,000 people, and then you realize, ah, I'm in an occupied country. Ah, this close, starting a revolution. I don't know where you're at. And again, I don't mean to give you a hard time if you're like really into politics and all that kind of stuff and all those. Good, good for you. But if you find yourself in all these things and your result is fear, you're doing it wrong. If your result is anxiety, you're doing it wrong. If your result is unless everything works out, I can't experience peace, you're doing it wrong. Because Jesus is right there. Take courage. It's I. Do not be afraid. So what we're going to do is Lily's going to lead us in one last song. And thanks for being here with us. We really appreciate it. You smile like a living spring person. That's good. I like it. As she leads us in this uh, song, maybe there's a place in your life right now that you just feel tormented. You feel buffeted. You're like, God, it's the fourth hour. I need fourth hour faith right now. I'd had good first hour faith. I was like, yay, COVID, I get to be with my family. Second hour faith from the, from the nine to 12 part started getting a little tired. Apparently I don't understand eighth grade math. And then you go from 12 to three and you're like, I, I don't even know, I'm tired of wearing a mask. And you're in your fourth hour right now. Take courage, he's here. So maybe you just want to give that to him. God, I give it to you. I'm not going to be scared of this anymore. As we sang, I, I don't want to fear the storm. Let me pray for us. and Come back up when we're done. and uh, Lead us in a prayer of blessing. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for uh, these stories, God. Yes, they end great. Some of them, some of them don't. But you're not afraid to say, yeah, it's going to be three watches of wind and waves and it's going to be exhausting. But I see you and I'm running interference for you and I will come to you. So Lord, I pray for those who are here and those who are watching online who are just part of our experience this morning and I pray that you would um, in our context whatever that is you'd give us strength in your name amen let me go ahead and stand for the blessing and for those of you who are watching online you're obviously invited to join us as well now in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit pray that you would go in his power and his boldness and his peace and in his humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week and we will see you next Sunday.